Welcome back to the Man Catholic Podcast. I'm Steve Priest. I'm Thomas Wirtz. I'm Brock Martin. I'm Brian Elsasser. Today we are talking with a friend about his conversion to the Catholic faith. This time. Yeah, Brian, welcome to the show. Super pumped to have you on today. Uh, would love maybe just here at the beginning to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, yeah, why you're here today. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, so about me, grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the rather devout Lutheran family, three pastors in that family, uh, mm-hmm. mostly uncles, like so many in college, kind of hit a low point basically was agnostic. Towards the end of college, I had a friend kind of pull me back into Christianity, Protestantism, and I ended up living with some awesome Protestant roommates and was doing great again. I started uh, travel nursing, made that decision, and I lost that fellowship and began falling back into a life of sin through the grace of God. And my now wife was brought to Catholicism, and now I'm the guy who wakes up every morning, and not every morning and does this, but a lot of mornings, and puts on man the Man Catholic podcast and runs until it's over. So <laughs> yeah. thanks for providing me my running material guys well you're welcome for the shorter episodes as well <laughs> yeah that's so right <laughs> i'm glad we can encourage you to get out and exercise if nothing else brian i want to go back if yeah. that was a great summary and, and i think we're going to unpack lots of Heck different yeah. parts of this i want to go back you started with your lutheran kind of upbringing did did you yeah. encounter our lord in a deep radical way in that lutheran background what was that like growing up lutheran the church, like the services themselves, look similar to a Catholic mm-hmm, service. Mm-hmm. And so at times as a kid, that was just like, I just went to church because my parents told me I had to. I definitely had periods, you know, seasons of life where it felt a little more meaningful, but I never felt like I truly knew God or had like a true relationship with him. And my, my parents were involved and they, they let, had a good example for us. But I'd say it was always just kind of guessing about who, mm-hmm. who this God guy was, who this Jesus was, even with... The background and scripture and all of that it was still just kind of something i felt like i should have but i didn't mm-hmm. really have yeah brian you made a, a good point there about the lutheran services looking very similar to the catholic services so the the faith lutheranism was founded by martin luther who was a catholic priest right yeah. and yeah. really struggled with scruples and and just this interior battle of not being good enough not feeling good enough and felt he needed to break away from the catholic church put up his his thesis nailed it to the doors of the Catholic Church. I don't. I don't remember the name of that church. You guys remember that name in Germany? No. So yeah, that he made this break in the 1500s, and really nothing has been the same since, right? So he broke away, and then we we know King Henry's story and him wanting to Henry break VIII, away, yeah. Henry the Eighth, and all of these different Protestant religions just keep breaking off of one another while in the meantime, here's the Catholic Church staying true right. to its original identity. But just for our listeners who don't know that, uh, yeah, sure. that is why the Lutheran service might look very familiar to the Catholic service. It was the very first one to break away. Anglicans, it's similar. Right. Yeah. Yep. right. Brian, Which, the, you're Luth- you were Lutheran, named after yep. a man. And Catholic, it's interesting, as a Catholic Christian, the word Catholic means universal. The word Lutheran means Luther, basically, right? Do you worship Martin right. Luther? Do you pray to Martin Luther? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we get that a lot with Mary, um, right? So as Catholics now, so it's just a little shot at the Protestants. But they do hold him in very do they? high I'm, esteem. I'm curious. Oh yeah, very yeah. high esteem. It, I mean, okay, can I? He was the one that fixed everything. 
to them, uh, right? That's a good, that's a good totally. idea. Well, to be fair, I mean, the Catholic Church did need reforming, and I think that... <clears throat> oh my gosh, you are so right as with it, that. As it does today. And but, I think that... Well, part of the reason why we're doing this episode today is yeah. I think that it's really cool for, for us and for our listeners to hear the story of somebody who, as an adult, realized yeah. the truth that exists in the Catholic Church. And Brian, yeah. I mean, you've been Catholic for you know, two years now, I'm certain that you have seen some of the dysfunction of the church as you, as you've now been uh, in full communion. It's actually all roses for converts. All converts get to skip all the mess. Can we go back? So that was, I was kind of, I was stabbing at you with the Lutheran comment, worshiping him just because of our lady. But I do, I do think it's worthwhile to, I was raised Catholic, never left uh, in terms of never became a different denomination. But for for Catholics, what is just culturally, what is it like to be a, a Protestant, a Lutheran in terms of, you know, culturally, like what are things that as Catholics, it's important to kind of understand and yeah. appreciate for someone yeah. that's not a Catholic Christian? Is that question? Yeah, no, sense? I think and, and, and yeah. I would add to it, Thomas, Brian. Sorry, we are like totally like <laughs> drilling you with questions here. Super excited for what's to come. I want to know, in addition to what Thomas said, like what was your perspective on the Catholic Church as a Lutheran? Yeah. I think I'm curious about that too. Oh yeah, I can dive into all this. I also had the uniqueness of I was Lutheran, then I became non-denominational, mm. very much away from Lutheranism, like the mm. you know the mega churches with the yep. great productions and good coffee, everything. And so yeah. one of the things that one of the questions you asked was what can you appreciate about the Catholic Church? And one of those things is when I was started travel nursing, I was looking for a church all the time. And I would be going, I would be church hopping, six, seven mm-hmm. different churches in one contract, which is only a 13-week contract, looking for the one that matched up with what I believed because they mm-hmm. all have such different beliefs and they can, often there's things that are very obviously wrong with them, but they still have this massive congregation that believes, you know, X, Y, and Z that is just very much against the Christian faith. Whether that be their stance on marriage, be their stance on who Jesus is, just there, there was so much of that. So it was so hard to find a church that I felt fit me. And so like the Catholic Church, and it, basically they all just interpret Scripture however they want. And so one thing I appreciate about the Catholic Church is there's not really there's one truth. There's not all these different variations of yep. the interpretation of Scripture. It's pretty well accepted. Like this is it, and so you don't get to guess and choose and pick what you want. You know it. And that's actually where I feel like my relationship started improving with God is because I no longer was trying to make God fit into my perspective. God was who God was, and I had to fit into his perspective. And so that, that I think, is a huge thing with the Catholic Church um, that I think is underappreciated, Yeah, maybe especially by lifelong Catholics. You know, yeah. Brian, I want to I want to jump in just for a second there because we don't hear that often, and I'm trying to think if I've ever heard that 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 the structure behind truth and scripture and church teachings is what led to the relationship. You know, oftentimes, guys, we hear I had a relationship, and then I wanted to understand how to live out that relationship. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever right. heard it, it was actually the structure of things that led me to the relationship. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, oftentimes we, we it hear it the other way around because I didn't like that. That was you also asked what I didn't like about the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that there's a pope and there's you know mm. you pray to saints and worship Mary and there were so many big hurdles. And then I was a firm believer of sola fide, faith alone, and yep. sola scriptura. And that's actually when I met. My now wife, our first argument we ever had was over faith alone, faith and works, and she, won. she like, <laughs> yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to convert her to Protestantism. It worked out the opposite way, which, praise God, <laughs> good job, Leanne. But, <laughs> yeah. 
it, she was discussing it and she mentioned a, a, a piece of scripture that we had just heard. I forget where we had been. And I was like, well, I can point out, th- I was driving. I was like, I could point out three or four different scripture that, sh- that say faith alone. And then it, I started like diving into those and I kind of started seeing that there's scripture that says faith alone, although if you usually look at the context around it, it's not truly faith alone. And then uh, there's also scripture that mentions works. And so in the end, I just like, well, we both believe the same thing. We just say it yeah. differently. Yeah. yeah. And But then it, it kind of opened me up to looking deeper um, into the Catholic faith because I've had Catholic friends for my entire life. Most of my neighborhood friends, friends in college, were hmm. ca- my best ones have always been Catholic. And I've always just thought they believe weird things, <laughs> yeah. they, and I, they sin just as much as me. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm not going to become Catholic. That's never going to be something I do. So, <laughs> I, I was always had a wall up that I wouldn't even mm. let myself hear any, um, not arguments, but any reasons for Catholicism. Totally, Brian. Why don't Why don't you take us through? So you meet Leanna. She's obviously a, a pretty passionate Catholic, and you guys are are wrestling with some things. Walk us through that transition from you know, starting to date her to, oh my goodness, I think I might need to become Catholic. Like what happened in those months as you guys were wrestling? What, you know, what sort of things were happening in your life and, and how was the Lord working yeah. on you? Yeah, I'd say it was more like years. Um, but early on, it was just those conversations and she never was pushy about it. She would just hear my argument. Usually it was me starting the argument against Catholicism. And she would just have quiet confidence, mention, you know, one little tidbit. And that would usually lead me to diving into research and actually one of the bigger things in our my conversations with Leanna was seeing her friends and just the way she lived her life and she like truly lived her life in a way that I wished I was living my life and her friends which many of them were families Brock I met you early on because of Leanna you yep. and your lovely family and the Skokes and just she was tied in with like all you focus missionaries and all these former Benedictines and it was just like really cool to see and it was something I realized I thought I'd had a community but after seeing the Catholic community I was realizing how shallow what Mm. I how I was living truly was and so that's that's what and so one of the things I did is yeah I asked Brock if he'd get wings and beer with me and I bombarded him with questions (laughs) (laughs) and Brock handled it like a champ he answered you know all of them some of them he's like yeah you might need to look further into this or talk to a priest I can't necessarily tell you but that opened me up to making this master list of the big questions and I it was things not just asking questions about Catholicism but about Christianity about the other faiths I'd been looking at um, non-denominational Lutheran and I guess kind of the pinnacle I went to an RCIA and they happened to be talking about is with Father Brian Larkin at uh, Lords Leanna mentioned it she's like hey you want to go to this RCIA class I had no idea what it was I was like I could check it out once I guess and the day I happened to show up was a talk on the Eucharist and it was Boom. kind of mind-blowing. Good job, Father Brian. It was. It, John 6.51, specifically. And so how do you read that scripture and interpret it any other way? Okay, Brian, and that sorry, was I, I got to jump in. I got to jump in there because that is in everyone's Bible. John 6 is in everybody's yes. Bible. What is the Protestant's perspective on that? Because you yeah. just said clearly you can't read that and not think it's the Eucharist, but you did for a long time. So what do right. other, what do other Protestants say about that? A lot of times Protestants, and I don't want to put them in a box here because there's awesome Protestants and some yeah, that I've got a lot of great scripture Protestant very friends. well. Yeah, but you'll interpret scripture the way you want to for one, and then you'll also mm. kind of just if scripture doesn't make sense to you or doesn't like justify your thought mm-hmm. process, you just don't pay attention to that scripture. Mm. 
So I'm not sure which it was for me when it, because I'd heard that verse before. But when I made that master list I was talking about, that was one of my question. The question was, if Lutherans believe communion, which is their Eucharist, which is not the Eucharist, is a blessing, which is that's what they believe it is. It's mm-hmm. just a blessed piece of bread and blessed wine. Baptists believe it's purely a symbol. It's not blessed. It's nothing. Most non-denominationals believe this as well. And then Catholics believe this is the body and blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. How can you all say that you believe the same thing? Yeah. And both the Baptist pastor, and the, which is the non-denominational church I was going to, and then uh, the Lutheran pastor, who was an uncle of mine, were like, well, you know, we just interpret the scripture as best we can. We're all trying to live out, live out our lives, live out the scripture the way we see it best. And then I asked Father Brian at Lourdes, I asked him, and he goes, well, those guys are wrong. There's only <laughs> one truth. And it's in Jesus is in the Eucharist. And mm. that was just like, oof, okay, here it is. There's there's the answer I needed, not the answer I wanted necessarily. And that kind of got me wrestling more. Can I go back to my the original question that I pitched? Because we do have, I know we have some mutual friends that are beautiful, beautiful Protestant families, yeah. right? And we got some other families we spent time with. That beautiful faith, they're doing an amazing, amazing job with raising their kids. And, and so it's interesting because as, as a Catholic... Um, you know, you can see, well, you're, you're the Protestant. You protested. Your, your faith as a Lutheran was named after a, a dude, a human being. Like, but, but it's important for us to have the right perspective of, of what a Protestant is, right, in, in terms of where you're coming from, right? So if we want to effectively engage in dialogue with our, our brothers and sisters that are separated from us, from, from the Catholic Church, I think it's important to have a, some understanding of where you're coming from, Right. I don't know if that again question makes right. sense, but there's there's some amazing Protestants out there that have an amazing faith in Christ that yep. are are just doing life really well. And so, but it can be easier as Catholics to just be like, well, you're you're wrong. You're not part of the right church. But what is it? What is important for Catholics to have an understanding of Brian when they look on some of these just faithful Protestants that will help them usher maybe usher them into the church more effectively? Yeah. That's a good question. It's a tough one to answer because, again, with Protestantism, it's so broad. Give, give a stab at some thing, general thoughts, maybe. So um, the main thing is most, especially good Protestant faiths, the focus is a relationship with Jesus and the relationship yep. with Scripture. And most Protestants also believe that's the thing the Catholic Church lacks the most. Mm. I remember I, it drove me nuts. I'd walk into a Catholic church and I couldn't find a Bible. And I know, like, I knew there was scripture within the Missal letter, whatever you're looking at, but there was no Bible. And to me, that was like, how can you be called Christian and not have a Bible in your church? And so knowing that, I mean, there's going to be hurdles with most any Protestant. My father, even, I think he would have been almost better if I was, I mean, he would have been happier if I was any denomination other than Catholic, just because it, it there is this stigma with Protestants that Catholics don't know scripture and Catholics don't have a relationship. They just check boxes. Which there's plenty of lukewarm or cold Catholics who do that. So well, and I love that in your story, Brian. So the church, the church actually gives us two main ways that we share our faith, that we evangelize. And you mentioned both of these kind of implicitly in the way that Leanna was was you know experiencing relationship with you. The first is witness of life. So the church says, like, if you want to evangelize, the first way is is your witness of life. People need to be able to look at your life and say, they have something that I want. And even in your story, you were able to share, like, you see the way that, that Leanna was living in her friendships in the community and, like, this, this kind of mutual sense of pursuing virtue and, and common goals as families. And there's something attractive about that witness of life. The second thing that the church gives us is explicit confidence 
explicit proclamation. And Leanna also did this with you and, and myself and others and Father Brian, certainly. But to actually say, no, this is the truth of what Jesus Christ handed on. It's not enough just to be a good person and to set a good example. You actually have to, to share the truth with your words at some point. And for me, it's cool to hear your story because you see that witness of life and that explicit proclamation kind of play out in different scenes and in different seasons of your life. And so I, I don't know that for me, that was a big takeaway just listening to you share your perspective. Yeah. And I, I, Brian, I think your, um, your points about the, just the generally speaking for Protestants, their, their absolute love of Jesus Christ and, and that just desire to have an intense relationship with him. And then the scriptures, I think it's a, it's important for all of us Catholics to have that as well, but to know that our, our brothers and sisters out there, generally speaking, right. And I know there's, there's lukewarm Protestants out there too, right. They check boxes too. Uh, but generally speaking, they have yep. a great love for Jesus Christ, our savior. And scripture, and if we can, real, I think, meet them there, then I think it opens up a lot of opportunities for just really good dialogue and just really good, also just great, great opportunities to pray together, yeah, um, as well. That I think can right. lead to really effective conversations and community. In some, yeah, sense. I was thinking that too. I mean, if we walk into these relationships with some kind of ego because we haven't lived the truth, shame on us, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of these Christian friends that I have, they are better than me. They are better. Christians than me they are they are better humans than me and that's just a reality and I look to them as a model I really do and I love them dearly that said I still have the graces of the sacraments that they don't have so I I do objectively have something they don't that should help me you should be way I should be that. way better <laughs> I have a lot to work on guys but but there's there's a lot of truth in that right like if we just come at them and be like yeah well i've got the fullness of the truth and they're like yeah but you're a pagan you're like yeah. you're you're a you jerk your like, like a yeah like hold on a second so i just i want to make sure that we are entering all of these conversations with a certain sense of humility true humility we do have truth we do have the fullness of the faith but we're still broken Yep. and sinners and we can't act like we are elitist you know when when yeah. entering these dialogues amen to that last point on this when encountering evangelical non-denominational ministries on campus i found that when you have the conversation with them brian i don't know if you can appreciate this but when you when you are able to express to them hey we as catholics actually believe you need a personal relationship personal friendship the saints would often say mm -hmm. with christ as well and really had that conversation, they would just, walls would drop and they would just be like, praise God, then let's let's go at this. And now they would often be, have yeah. some mm -hmm. fellowship and being excited yeah. to send Catholics towards us to introduce them to Christ. And and so I think those connections can just be really yeah. valuable in, in tearing down some walls. And then you can get into some of the stuff that is different, yeah. but in an effective way. Yeah. So I've got two more questions for you, Brian. The first is I'd love to hear what happened in your family when you mm -hmm. made the decision to mm -hmm. convert. I know... You know, I've had some conversations with you just about your parents and various aunts and uncles and, uh, yeah, just how your family responded to your conversion to the Catholic faith. And then the second question is, for our listeners who maybe have Protestant family members or Protestant friends and, and have a deep desire to share the fullness of the faith, mm. what could you give them some pointers on yeah. how to engage in those conversations with charity and humility and how, mm. to, how to stick to their guns and, and you know, not water down the faith, but also to, to the points that are being made here, to yeah. not be a jerk in the way that we present it. So how did your family take your conversion and, and how would you encourage our listeners to engage their non-Catholic friends with the faith? Yeah. I'll start with the engaging one while that's fresh here. Um, it's, you can't argue it 
because I'd, I'd heard all the arguments. I'd heard about why Mary is venerated, why she is so highly held in the Catholic Church, but it still just seemed like worship to me. And I'd heard about, you know, the saints and how, you know, you're praying, you don't pray to the saints, you ask the, pray, the saints to intercede for you, but it still was like, why wouldn't you just talk to God? Like, yep. it doesn't, didn't make sense. So I, I think it's kind of back to what we were saying before. It's more the way you're living your life. Of course, there's opportunities where someone's asking a question where you can't. It's just, it's bringing it up in a non-judgmental and non-accusatory like, way that, hey, like, so this is what I love about it and kind of giving a personal uh, spin to it. Um, like, for example, with Mary, this isn't, I guess, my, my own personal thing, but I've, I've when someone brought this up to me, I think it's a brilliant point, is the Catholic Church it has God and it has the Father, which are figures of men. And if you happen to have a horrible relationship with your father, he's abusive, he left your mom, any of that, it might be hard to connect to them. But with Mary, you have kind of an intermediate and a, a, a female figure that you can use to communicate through, through to them. I, yeah. Maybe this is kind of getting off on a tangent, but and Mary was one of my biggest hurdles. Yep. Well, Actually, Brian, far, I, I think you make a great point fall, there. Um, or let me, right, yeah, let me, up, I guess. <laughs> let me jump in really quickly. Brian, I think you make a great point there because in the Catholic Church, we are entering into a family, a, a relationship of family where it's, we're back there in the manger, you know, with Joseph and Mary and Jesus, with God the Father, uh, Jesus the Son, Mary the Saints, where this is not a one-on-one -on -one relationship, and if that one-on-one -on -one relationship is hard, then we're kind of SOL. You know, in the Catholic Church, like we have so much, we have so much to help us through this. And in the same way that I look to Brock and Thomas and say, "Hey guys, I'm struggling. Can you pray for me?" It's the same thing when we look to saints who have gone before us and are in heaven with our Lord that we say, "Hey, Saint Francis, like." I'm struggling. Can you pray for me? St. Gianna, I'm struggling. Can you pray for me? Whoever it is. And it's it's just this big, massive family that we don't have to rely on this one relationship. And if that, as you say, Brian, if that relationship is hard for you, that's painful. That's hard. Yep. So you make a great point with that. And on the question with my family, yeah. my I told my father I was looking at uh, becoming Catholic. I was going to RCIA. And he assumed right away it was because of my wife, Leanna. And he's like, oh, he's so, so he started trying, trying to point me to resources that were like, well, you can be married and you can stay Lutheran and she can stay Catholic and relationships work that way. And I had to basically like, be like no, dad, this is something I want if I marry mm. Leanna or not. And it opened up conversations because then, you know, he brought up hurdles he had with the Catholic faith and I responded to them, and he actually agreed on a few of the things, which was surprising. Although my family, they also are pretty good at, they'll bring it up one time, and then it kind of gets swept under the rug. And so I, we haven't had a lot of conversations since then, but I do feel like the graces that I've received through one being Catholic and two being in a Catholic marriage oh, yeah. are starting to show. And it's starting to, I'm reacting and responding differently than I would have in the past, and I think my family is starting to see that. And I think it's opening them up to at least not be against my Catholic faith, and I think in the future we'll have some great conversation. But yeah, and then like I hunt with a lot of the the Protestant Lutheran pastors in my family and mention it to them, and it's like, oh yeah, really Catholic, huh? and then like make some kind of quip, but it kind of ends there. It's not like a I don't have super great relationships with any of them. So yeah, um, but I do feel that again about the worst thing I could have done was become Catholic. Maybe other than 
becoming atheist. <laughs> um, but then my mother even, she's been great, and she said, hey, I support your Catholicism in the fact that I know I have at least one kid who's going to go to church every Sunday. Mm. So, there you go. There you go. And I, I appreciate you know that little perspective, too, because mm. it's not, you know, it's, it's a requirement for Catholics to go to Mass on Sunday at the least. And for Protestants, you should go to church, but it's not a requirement. Right. And that's another thing that, like, Protestants, well, you shouldn't have to do, you know, anything. But also the graces I receive, I think, by doing that, by just participating in the bare minimum even, which I try to do more than the bare minimum, but yep. it just it can't be measured. And so I, I wanted to sit, make, encourage everyone listening that while we can look out, like Steve, you had talked about your, your buddies, I mentioned the same thing. Do you know any Protestants? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Quite a few. We talk about like how beautiful their faith is, often, often inspiring because it seems to be deeper than ours. But yet, for those of you that are listening, we can't stop and just look at them and say, well, they're pretty good. Like we still, I, I want us to be encouraged that we have the fullness of the faith. And so there is responsibility for us to continue to share that, even with, with men, maybe women in our life, men in our life, that seem to be more faithful than we are. Yeah. If they're separated from the church, that's not God's design. That's not, yeah. quote unquote, a good thing. So be encouraged by this, but also be inspired that. Amen. Don't look and just be like, ah, oh, they're pretty good and leave it at that. We need mm-hmm. to continue to share what we have, but to enter into dialogue, to think about yeah finding that common ground with them and to be respectful of them. And Brian, one quick question. When you listen during workouts, do you play it at 1.5 speed to two times the speed? Get a shorter <laughs> run in? No, or? no, I play it regular. So I appreciate when the podcasts are closer to 20 minutes because it means I don't have to <laughs> oh run boy, as long. This, you're, this you're one's gonna, a little yeah. long. We got, we got some guys that are going to be mad at you, bro. You better bro. run at this one. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> last thing I wanted to share. I So Brian, it's a great joy to have you on today. Really grateful to, to just hear your story and, and give a glimpse for our listeners into your life and your journey. But I just wanted to share, for me, the first time you and I went out to go get beers and wings, I felt intimidated because here was this guy who had clearly been wrestling and thinking about all these things, who had a notebook full of questions that, you know, by your perspective were unanswerable. And I was like, man, I'm not going to be able to to have or do this conversation Mm -hmm. justice. And I just want to encourage our listeners, like Brian, you and I have become friends, like in your journey, had, you know, the wonderful gift of being able to stand next to you as you were received mm-hmm. into full communion of the church. And I just want to make sure our listeners hear that, that encouragement to mm-hmm. you even mention it. There were a couple questions you asked that I was like, to be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I can look up and I can, I can try to find something yeah. and get you a resource. And, but just the encouragement to enter into that relationship, even if you had not converted to Catholicism, I think we still would be friends. I, I hope that we would still be friends. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to give that encouragement to everybody listening. You have family members, you have friends who, who actually probably are wrestling with some of the deeper questions that pertain to the faith and to just be willing to, to be an ambassador, to stand in, to take those questions, to chew on them, to answer as best as you can and to have the humility to say, I don't know, I don't necessarily know the answer to this one, yeah. but I'll try to find it. So I just, I'm grateful that you shared that. Yeah. I love that. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a professional. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to have a business card, you know, that says I'm qualified. The answers are out right. there. Yeah. They're out there. And we just have to have the boldness to enter into the dialogue as Brock said, and then rely on resources and other people to help you come up with the answers that you don't know or don't know how to say. I think that's a great point. Guys, that Absolutely. is it for today. Brian, thank you so much for coming. I think we Heck could yeah. like keep going uh, oh, for yeah. a long time. I'd love to get beer and wings with you at some point. I uh, yeah yeah, I'd probably be better company than Brock. <laughs> so, but but he's smarter than me. I'm not too smart. Brian, thanks so much for being here. 
God bless you guys. That's it for the Man Catholic Podcast. God bless. <laughs>